Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Look, I'm sorry, I don't know how this keeps happening. It just keeps popping up out of nowhere. You're just having a good old day, having a good old time, do the week, just watching a bit of NXT. And then suddenly, they remind you it's TakeOver this Sunday. What is happening? So, of course, this is technically a go-home show. So, NXT pulled out the big guns. We had returns. We had announcements. We had Pete Dunne, probably. Hell, there was that much going on. I even believe Dexter Loomis seemed to be having a good time. But you never really can tell, can you? But like I just said, this is the go-home edition of NXT 2 TakeOver, so we've got to go into some detail about what's going on in the landscape of the black and gold world. Were there some good bits? Were there some bad bits? You bet your ass there were. So I'm Gareth from What Culture Wrestling, and these are the ups and downs for NXT. Kicking things off this week, we had a big old match. Well, not massive match, but there were some big people in it because it was Austin Theory taking on Oni Lorcan. And have you seen Austin Theory? He's a big dude. I don't really like to do this kicking things off on a bit of a negative, but I'm going to have to because the finish of this match, it's getting down because it really upset me the way that they went about things because of what happens later on in the night as well. But the match itself... I'm actually going to give it up. I thought it was pretty good. Because Austin Theory was able to show a bit more of an edge, he was up against a real hard-hitting, bruising person in Only Lorcan, and he rose to the occasion. He also pulled off a dropkick, which was magnificent. It looked Randy Orton-esque. Oh yeah, and on top of this, at one point, he did like a springboard Spanish fly. He jumped up, got his legs on the rope, bounced off it into the Spanish fly, and... I just think this guy's ridiculously athletic and very talented and I just hope he doesn't screw it up. But then of course the whole reason these two were having a scrap in the first place is because they were like oh no my guy beat your guy in the triple threat last week even though nobody won because Adam Cole's a dick. Pete Dunne showed up followed by Johnny Gargano because of course they did. They were the people they were squabbling over in the first place. So then they started fighting. They were fighting back up the ramp. They were beating each other up. And Austin Theory was like oh no Johnny what's going on Johnny? Oh no no. And then he got distracted because like we say every single week everybody gets distracted. He'd opened the door for like a half Nelson slam thing from Oni Lorcan who got the win and it just none of it really means anything to be honest because these two aren't going to have a big feud now or anything like that. Oni Lorcan's probably going to go and do his thing with Bobby Fish as we found out later in in the night. Austin Theory just looked like a beaten up puppy dog. And then this scrap happened, this little brawl thing, which pretty much happens at the end of the night as well. It felt pointless. Pointless, pointless, pointless is the word of the day when it comes to this match. Thankfully, we didn't sit too long on all that because LA Knight popped up and he was pretty much doing his best audition to become the holder of the million dollar legacy. We moved into his mansion and we saw him having a shower and singing money, 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 but not in that weird high-pitched voice. He was living his best life. He was in a hot tub with these girls and he was like, hey girls, there's a really good story about how I'm going to beat up Cameron Grimes at TakeOver. And they started laughing, but they laughed for too long, so he made them stop laughing, which is a bit 
bit of a dick move. And then another big shot of nostalgia because Doc Hendricks showed up because, you know, in your house and new generation and old men like NXT. It's obviously going to get a little bit of an up because it's just shameless nostalgia. It was him reading down what's going to be going down at in your house. He did it here. He did it again later on in the night. If you love this stuff, if you're a new generation dude or dudette, good for you. I'm not. So I was just a bit like, oh, it's, it's Michael Hayes wearing a hat. Great. Legado were in the ring, and Santos Escobar was not best pleased about being made into a human pancake last week. But before he could properly call out Bronson Reed, Bronson Reed showed up. He was just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm still the champion, obviously, because nothing's happened to my belt. But you, you, I obliterated you, so look at this. I'm going to put it on all the screens, and he kept replaying it, the pancake thing, the splatting into the wall. And, well, Escobar, you're a brand new meme. Good for you. It all eventually led to Bronson Reed being in the ring with MSK, he had his back up, he had his boys with him, and then Legado just fled, and Santos Escobar was like, right, you know, I knew this was going to happen, so I have a challenge, I have a proposition for all of you boys, let's do it, winner takes all at TakeOver in your house, and I was really pleased about this, so it's going up. I think the reason I was so happy is because these things just tend to kind of devolve just into a six-man tag team match, usually, that's just for bragging rights, it's not really for much else going forward, but here, we've got stakes, we don't really get a lot of winner takes all matches. I think the last one I can remember was Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans against Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, which I think the most memorable part about that is Brock Lesnar killing Seth Rollins afterwards. So, very low bar. After this, Hit Row arrived because Isaiah Swerve Scott was going to be having a match with Killian Dane, but all the teams just stared each other out like, oh, we're all in the mix here together. We don't like each other either. It was all very, very atmospheric. But like I just said, it was Isaiah Swerve Scott taking on Killian Dane after this, and that match is going to get an up. I mean, there is a point to be made that all of Killian Dane's problems seem to come about because Drake Maverick just does something stupid and then he has to not exactly clean up his mess, but he has to stick up for him. And that's pretty much what happened here again because Drake Maverick had the big argument with Hit Row in the car park last week and now Killian Dane was like, oh, don't talk down to my small friend. I didn't mean to make a short joke there. That was low. Duh! But you knew what was going to be the case here. Eh? It was going to be Hit Row distracting Killian Dane at every other turn. That's precisely what happened. And in the end, just when they got to a point where they distracted Killian Dane one too many times, Drake Maverick just jumped over and attacked Ashanti Theodonis. That happened and then... Top dollar, I believe, picked him up, put him on his shoulders, did the whole Death Valley driver thing onto the apron. It was like, oh no, Drake Maverick's dead. That's exactly what Killian Dane said in that voice as well. He didn't, but he saw it. He was distracted. So then Isaiah Swerve Scott just did this weird running Inzaguri thing in the face, knocked him out on the floor, picked up the win, which is a big old win for Swerve. I like this. I think that's going to be a big thing going forward for Hit Row. They're going to use these numbers, games, advantage things as to their advantage, very much like the Undisputed Era did for so long. If they're half as successful as that team, we got big things coming for Hit Row. And then Poppy showed up, and Candice LeRae obviously is not a fan. We covered that a little bit last week. But in a backstage interview, she was just like, no, I don't like that Poppy's here. We're the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, myself and Indy Hartwell. We should be getting all this attention, not her. But of course, Indy Hartwell was more bothered about the fact that she'd heard that Dexter Lumis had listened to the headphones and cried and all that stuff that happened last week. So she ran off. She was like, he loves me. And Candice LeRae literally said what I've been saying for weeks. Why is this still happening? Why? We had Cameron Grimes' million dollar video audition thing after this. And just like the other one, it was really fun. So they're going to get like an up together, like an, an all big rounding up thing. I need to learn how to control these things. He did a cannonball into the pool. He was smoking a cigar. He was like burning a hundred dollar bill as he did it. He drank some whiskey. It was just all good stuff. Mercedes Martinez showed up on the scene shortly after this and she was going to be in a big match with someone called Cameron Clay. I've not seen her before, but it was going to be a match. But then, before she 
she could, Xia Li attacked her and just brutalized her all the way down the ramp. They were just brawling, they were beating each other up, but Mercedes Martinez is not one to be beaten up easily. She fought back and before long she was back in the match, so something miraculous happened. Yes, after the fact she'd just been attacked by Xia and somehow made it out kind of unscathed, she running need just Cameron Clay in the face, just need her straight in the face. And after this, she did the air raid crash thing, won the match, it was a squash. We got all squashy in the squash zone. It wasn't just any squash, it was a juicy squash. And as you've noticed, I've not got any fruit or anything around me because I do not plan these things. So we're gonna give her an Oscar for, for best squash. It's all I had. So yeah, obviously the match itself is going to get an up and the whole segment itself because I just thought it was really well done. You've got Xia Li now who probably is going to win that match at TakeOver but Mercedes Martinez looked like an all-around badass after the way she was booked here. It's good stuff. I can't wait to see what they do with it. We go to a really quick backstage interview with Breezango, who were talking about the fact, obviously, they were involved with something with Imperium because Walter told Imperium that he needs to, well, they need to attack Breezango now going forward, but they didn't seem too interested. Yeah, Fandango was more interested in how Mackenzie Mitchell felt about his shirt and he unbuttoned it at one point before he ran away. And Tyler Breeze noted that if Breezango were able to beat Imperium again, they would disappoint Walter, but... I can't see that happening because that's happened once before. It's how they lost the NXT Tag Team Championships. You just feel like Imperium are on this upward trajectory and Breezango are here. They're going to go through them. William Regal and Triple H himself welcome Poppy into the CWC. She was backstage. Triple H was like, oh, I love your music. Such a big fan. Rock and roll, man. And then in a really kind of painfully done way of shoehorning in the fact that like Poppy had an album dropping, he was like, oh, how does that happen? How do you make an album just drop? And Poppy was like, oh, just like this. And he was like, just like that. That album's just dropped on Apple iTunes and did the full thing. And it was a bit like... Yeah, yeah, I mean, very impressive, but you can see what you're doing, Trips. You can see what you're doing. Triple H's favourite toy then showed up, Dexter Loomis, and he was just staring through Poppy. And Triple H did this really weird thing, like, throughout all this. He was, like, the dad in the background photoshopping. He was like, oh, ooh, ah, yeah. Literally, you could just keep snapshotting moments of this all the way through. He was making some weird-ass faces, but Dexter Loomis had a photo or, like, an image that he'd drawn of Poppy. Give it to her. Poppy really liked it, so she gave him a hug. But this, this just kick-started something I didn't want it to. Because of course, Indy Hartwell popped up and she was like, oh, Dexter, my heart, my broken heart. She ran away. And Triple H was like, that's a little bit awkward, which pretty much sums up this entire thing for the last couple of months. A priceless announcement, which was promised earlier in the week. And now we got it. It was here. It was coming. We had Ted DiBiase stood in the middle of the ring. He was like, right, I want to invite LA Knight and Cameron Grimes into this ring to talk to me about what's going to be going on. And they showed up to the CWC in the, both the cars. They're both flashy cars, one of them had a Rolls Royce, the other one had a Mercedes, they were bickering all the way down. I think Cameron Grimes interrupted LA Knight midway through his entrance, he was wearing the outfit that Cameron Grimes had on, it was a mood, it was a whole thing. 
And obviously they got into the ring then and Ted DiBiase was like, right, this isn't going to just be any match. We're going to bring down a ladder. And it wasn't just any other ladder either. It was like a gold ladder with dollar signs on it. It was a million dollar ladder. So we're having a million dollar ladder match. But on the back of what, in my opinion, is probably his career best promo, Cameron Grimes, he went full Ric Flair. He was screaming his head off. He was like, I'm going to beat everybody. And he ripped his blazer off. He was just looking so... He was Ric Flair-esque. I loved it. After he'd done this, he was like, well, if we're climbing a ladder, what are we climbing the ladder for? Cue the thing we know that's been coming for a while, but it was still great. Because the million dollar championship was inside a briefcase that Ted DiBiase had, and they said, yeah, that's what you're going to be fighting over, and just having it there is such a well-known thing. Just to see it with anybody around it makes the things around it feel special as well. So Cameron Grimes, LA Knight by proxy, they felt good in this moment. Honestly, I'm quite happy with whoever wins. If Cameron Grimes gets it, he's probably riding the momentum a little bit more than what LA Knight is, but it'd do a world of good for LA Knight as well. So either way, it's good stuff. The announcement itself obviously gets an up. It doesn't just get an up, it gets my yellow highlight of the week because I like things gold. I'm a, I'm a gold digger. <laughs> Ever rise on another promo backstage? I really like this. It was great. They were talking about the fact they're going to be in the pre, 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 all the pre-shows are probably going to be there next week or something like that. They're going to be there for the In Your House special. They're going to be around and they were just talking stupid and just being strange and just drinking way too much coffee. These guys are great. I need more of them on my television. They must be protected at all costs. The grizzled young veterans were in a match against August Gray and Ikimonjiro. After this, and Ikimonjiro had this great blue jacket on, which if you touch it, oh, you're going to feel the wrath. But of course, it was only a matter of time before Toothless Timmy and Old Man Thatcher showed up because that's been the whole thing recently because they're doing veterans those two they just don't like each other they turned up with steel chairs and sat on them this was not enough to distract Zach Gibson and James Drake though because they were able to seal the deal get the ticket to mayhem on these guys and win the match but then afterwards Zach Gibson was like right you two we don't want to fight you we want to fight the champions but in the end champion was like well you're not going to get those belts until you go through us so they're like right okay we'll go through you next week but we're going to go old school we're going to go tornado tag nobody needs rules we don't need tagging things and holding strings we just need to beat each other up and it's probably going to promise violence but the match itself all this setup it's going to get an up we had a really brief thing after this of Bobby Fish just kicking and punching a big heavy bag, saying that he wants only Lorcan next. If he keeps on punching that bag, he may just get it. Candice LeRae head down to the ring after this, and obviously she was very upset suddenly about Indy Hartwell having a heart broken, even though like minutes before that she'd been very frustrated with the fact that she was still fawning over Dexter Loomis. So she was like, Poppy, get your ass down here now. So Poppy did just that, but she was like, I'm not, I'm not going to wrestle you because that, that's not what I do. I do the, the singing, the ha, I do that. So I've got a friend who can do that. Io Shirai then arrived and it has been quite some time since we've seen her on the program so it felt a little bit special. She went straight after Candice LeRae and they've obviously had a bit of a storied history when Io Shirai was the champion so I'm not sure where we're going to go from here though. Like just seeing Io and just seeing the brawl that's going to get an up but for the fact that I'm not sure if Poppy is probably going to get involved in the match if there's going to be a tag match between obviously Io Shirai and Poppy taking on the way big NXT Women's Tag Team Championship thing that'd be great it'd make the belt feel a bit more special but judging from the fact Poppy said that she doesn't want to get involved in the wrestling match just before this. Don't think that's going to happen. Maybe we just get Shirai and LeRae again, which is good stuff to me. Another up came round the corner after this. We had Ember Moon taking on Dakota Kai, who's obviously like the insurance policy, you could say, for Raquel Gonzalez, the NXT Women's Champion, who Ember Moon's going to be taking on on Sunday. There's a lot of stuff to pack into this match. And obviously these two know each other very well. They've had a couple of matches, so there was a lot of blocking, a lot of dodging very early on. But then just before the commercial break, Dakota Kai slammed Ember Moon's face straight into the ring post and I think it broke my nose. But just as picture picture became a thing, it happened! I want it! 
Because for the second week in a row, we had some sexy chicken. Yes, the same sexy voice that made me want to go and get waffle chicken last week popped up again. It was just selling me like a standard sandwich, but no standard chicken sandwich has ever made me question all of my past relationships. So you know what? You know what's making me want to do? It's making me want to want it. I want it. I want it. Kai was kicking the absolute life out of Ember Moon when we came back. Honestly, some of the things that Ember Moon can pull off in a wrestling ring, it is quite fascinating. She can do like a somersault stunner, which she did here, which was just as brutal as it was beautiful. But this was all going to lead, no doubt, to Raquel Gonzalez trying to get one up on Ember Moon. And she went for that. She went for like a big boot, but Ember Moon ducked out of the way. She then dived at Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, which pissed off the champion. So she got back in booted Moon off the top rope and it was a DQ finish but for the first time in quite some time it kind of made sense because Moon had attacked Gonzalez technically first so this was like a, a, a way of retaliating and then Moon looked to be getting absolutely obliterated she went up for that single powerbomb thing the single armed powerbomb that Raquel Gonzalez does she went up for that and then Moon caught her with an eclipse on the way down and hit her with another eclipse off the top rope she was just eclipsing everything but I'll be honest the way this turned out in the end you can pretty much guarantee that Moon is not going to be walking out to take over with the belt but that's not a bad thing. The match itself is going to be fantastic. And this is kind of what Moon's here in NXT to do right now, just to elevate other talent. She has certainly done that with Gonzalez. Look, and I'm going to probably put about as much time as effort into this last segment as the NXT creative team did to it just in general. Because we had the big five-way face-off that was really billed and just made this big thing all the way through the night. And it's going to get a down because it was just, it just felt lazy. It felt tired. We've done this an awful lot, but I'm just, I'll explain. Because we cut straight into the ring, and I was like, oh, well, this is a bit different. We had William Regal arguing with Karrion Cross. He said, we're not doing this. We're not doing the five-way face-off because you, you think you run NXT. I run NXT. And Cross was like, no, no, you don't. I'm bigger than you. This is this is my world. I've arrived here, and I'm just going to run things how I, how I see it, how I see fit. And Regal couldn't really argue. Cue the conveyor belt of challengers because this is WWE and it's just what we do. Kyle O'Reilly came out and he was like, oh, you've got really thin skin because I can see the see the vein in your forehead. Ha ha. Johnny Gargano then popped up and he was just like, oh, sick burns, guys. But none of you were Johnny Wrestling or Johnny Takeover like this guy. So I'm going to win. And then Pete Dunne popped up and was like, I'm tired of the talking. I'm tired of the waiting. But here's me doing some more talking while I wait. And then the smartest man, technically not even in the room, was Adam Cole because he beamed himself into the CWC. He was like, well, I could beat all of you, really, one-on-one. -on -one. I could definitely beat you, Karrion Cross, one-on-one. That's why you've started this whole match in the first place, because you're chicken. And then before you knew it, everyone was just fighting because, because, because fighting, because they're all going to be in a match together, so just make them fight, which is kind of what we saw earlier in the night. This felt like we'd seen it before. I just, I'm just not that invested in this. I mean, it's going to be great. The actual match will be explosive and it'll have five very talented, very watchable people in it. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for the match, but I don't care. I'm just not invested and I kind of want that with my big top title on the brand and I've not had that for quite some time. And then just when it looked like Karrion Cross was the last man standing, he'd been held back at one point by security and got double teamed so the security in NXT seriously need to think about how they're doing the jobs. After all this happened, Adam Cole popped up, super kicked Karrion Cross in the face, hit him with the shining wizard to the back of the head. So he was the last man standing, baby! He's not going to win the belt, that's just not going to happen. Cross is probably going to walk out of TakeOver in your house with the title and all these guys are going to look like goobers. Not sure what we're doing with this. But that was the go-home edition of NXT. Let me know what you think of all the ups and downs in the comments section below. If I'm going to give an up or a down overall for the show in general, 
The good bits were still pretty good. I mean, I'm really excited for the Million Dollar Championship, the Women's Championship match. That's probably going to earn this entire thing just a big up. We're going to give it a big up for that, but we need to sort out the big belt. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. $15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.